Hello everyone and welcome to Are You Freaking Serious? My name is Bill Tatro. Today I put my economics hat on once again because as I told you in the onset, this show is about teaching, it is about learning, it is about getting the facts and then when we can take a look and we have the facts and an understanding, we can see what people are saying. Are they bogus? Are they talking through their, well, you know, that backside? Or are they giving us the facts? Are they giving us some common sense? In many instances, people just don't want to deal with it because it doesn't reach their their emotional realm. And so much today is emotion. Now, what we're going to take a look at today is the basically changes in economic structures. That's correct. Now, what I mean by that, and that sounds like a big economic mouthful. Maybe you'd study that when you were a junior in college. But for those of you around the world listening to this, I want you to understand why the movement is afoot to move toward socialism. That's correct. This movement toward socialism is being well, bolstered by the young people, by the, uh, not so much the millennials anymore, but by the young, uh, let's say the, the kids, the late teenagers, the, the, the kids who are in their, their 20s. This was the prime area for, uh, for, for the advertisers. And all of a sudden, things have changed. If you were to do a poll right now of the kids And I say the kids, I'm talking about the kids out of work. I'm talking about the kids who are living at home. And oh, by the way, there's a book out there, a dear friend of mine, Rebecca DeMoore wrote a couple of years ago called The Millennial in the Basement. You can buy it on Amazon. I think it gives you a very good insight to the minds of those 20-year-olds who are still living at home. And it's a large amount of them. Can't find the jobs, don't want to work, don't have the right financial wherewithal, or maybe the temperament. And again, Rebecca DeMoore's the Millennial in the Basement. I suggest you get a copy of it. Excellent book. Now, if you were to poll these people, you poll these, this group of, of folks, they would tell you that if they had a choice between socialism, which is taking care of everybody, or capitalism, which seems to reward the Elon Musks and other folks and shafts everybody else. There was a song once, I got the gold, or she got the gold mine, I got the shaft. Well, that's what the young folks think about capitalism today. Unfortunately, they don't understand what capitalism does. Because when you start to look at capitalism, you have to understand that capitalism is very, very good following changes in income. And when the distribution of income is altered... In other words, who sells what to whom quickly, that, I should say, what sells, who sells what to whom, that quickly adjusts. That's correct. And for quite a long time, for many, many decades, that group of, we'll say, 18, 16 to 18, up to 24 to 26 to 28, that group of kids, both male and female, was what... Madison Avenue, the advertisers focused on. You had retailers focused. You had movies focused. You had uh, television focused on, and all entertainment focused on that select group of kids. And they were, they were the ones that were padded. They were the ones that the babies. They were the ones first and foremost. Now, all of a sudden, it's not that way anymore. 
there has been an incredible shift and that shift is very visible. Now let's start out by looking at the shift in retailing because in retailing when we take a look at for the last several decades the middle class stores have all had their economic problems. You talk about companies like Sears and Macy's and Gimbel's and companies like that. A lot of them have gone out of business. They've lost market share. In the last 25, 30 years, we've seen the demise of those particular stores, the middle class stores, and yet we've seen an increase in the upscale stores like the Bloomingdale's or the downscale stores like Walmart. They've all been doing very, very well. Why? Because those stores were positioned to take advantage of shifts in the distribution of spending power. That's correct. And the spending power, well, the spending power moved, moved dramatically. And this shift has not occurred by accident, um, not by some, uh, let's call it, idiots managing middle-class stores while the geniuses were managing both ends of the spectrum. No. What has happened is that customers with middle-class incomes are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. Now, a few are moving to the upscale, yes, but the majority are moving the downscale, their incomes are falling, falling dramatically. Now, the shift in purchasing power. The shift in purchasing power has come when we've seen per, per capita incomes going up. Okay, this is what's interesting. When you look at the government statistics, per capita incomes are rising, yet wages for the last several decades are going lower. And the wages, we're talking about a group of people who's getting larger and larger and larger with getting less and less money, which means less and less purchasing power. Now, if per capita income is going up, yet wages are going down, someone's got to be getting all that extra income. That's correct. And guess who that someone is? It's not the kids. It's the elderly. That's right. The income share of the elderly has more than doubled in the last few decades. And in fact, it's approaching tripling. They are the big economic winners. And as we have seen the last several years, and most specifically during the pandemic, they will be the group that will be driving the economic system in the future. The shift in purchasing power can be seen in different areas. Let's start with one that really got smacked during the pandemic, but was strictly elderly, and that was the cruise line industry. If you take a look at the great economic success of the cruise line industry, you see why it was did so well, because it focused on the elderly. Cruising is a perfect vacation for the elderly. They got a lot of time. Their mobility sometimes is impaired, so they're kept in one spot, and there are days that, well, they just don't feel like doing stuff on their vacation. And yet the ship is doing it for them, taking them away and around. And that is why you saw the cruise industry could be so significant. Now, when COVID-19 focused on folks who are older, that all of a sudden became, in a sense, the demise of that industry. 
Now, let's take a look at another industry, however, that has been extremely strong, and they think it was designed for the nerds, for the kids. It wasn't. I'm talking about electronic home shopping. That's right, electronic home shopping. You know, technically, folks, that right now, every retail store in America could close down today, and everything could be bought electronically tomorrow? Okay, now... What is purchased electronically depends, in my opinion, what Americans want to buy. Do they want the social experience or do they just want to buy something? Okay, you'll find that people who are elderly could care less about being amongst the crowd. You'll find people who are younger want the social experience. They want to be around people. And so therefore, once again, you see shopping malls who are trying to survive. What are they doing? They're installing food courts. They're installing entertainment areas, uh, benches for resting and visiting, for uh, the encouragement of coming down, places to drop your dog, places to go to church, places to go to get some education, maybe even a uh, an AAA meeting. I mean, these, they're trying to reconvert the shopping malls because people aren't interested in that social experience anymore. Now, ultimately, however, the young may want, may want that social experience with their shopping, but the elderly with limited mobility, maybe they just want to buy their tomatoes over their televisions. That's right. So what we're finding is that the market for electronic shopping is not necessarily for the computer nerds out there, but is for the elderly. And you'll see more and more the comfort level for the elderly being stressed. Now, those are two examples, the the cruise industry and shopping electronically. But in my opinion, the biggest visible change in the capitalism's move to income, or I should say, who's got the money, has been seen in the entertainment industry. That's right, because traditionally advertisers, and I'm talking about television specifically, and we're talking about streaming, we're talking about uh, internet, we're talking about movies, we're talking about all with the great changes that have taken place. But you see, traditionally advertisers have wanted programs that would appeal to that 18 to 25 year olds. Why? Because they don't yet have family responsibilities. They have and have had large discretionary income, and it was expected to grow rapidly. Hey, you graduate from college, you're 21, 22, you're guaranteed a $70,000 a year job. That's the way it's always been. You don't have any kids. you got got no responsibility. You are a spender, and we on Madison Avenue, that is advertising, are focusing on you. Surprise, surprise, okay? And we're patting you and, and we're taking care of you and you feel so special. But now all of a sudden you don't feel so special. You turn on a Netflix series and you see some 75-year-old actor named Michael Douglas who is starring in something and you go, who's Michael Douglas? And then you all of a sudden you see the rest of the cast who are in their 70s and 80s. All of a sudden you're watching entertainment which is being focused on the folks who are elderly. And that's at the point where you say, Are you freaking serious? I'm the guy. I'm 26. You should be focusing on me. And yet it's not. And so, well, in the young, 
when we look at the sharply falling incomes and we look at the young who have much less discretionary income than they had in the past and with no prospects that their incomes are going to rise any time in the future, they become basically persona non grata. Nobody wants to deal with them. Now, nobody's saying that, but that's the change in Madison Avenue. Why? Because it's irrelevant whether young, well, they have their malleable consumer preferences, but it does it do any good to try to alter their preferences when they've got very little discretionary income, which can satisfy their new tastes? No. And so people realize, why should we spend the advertising dollar trying to get the 26-year-old? I want to spend the advertising dollar trying to get the 76-year-old. That's it. And so as we watch television executives who are finally being torn away from that traditional demographic of 18 to 25, and they're saying, are you freaking serious? Okay, they have to realize that they have to be looking now in the backroom mirror, in the uh, the background, because those folks are in the past. It's not the future. We're not going back to a normal where a kid graduates from college with that degree and has that big-time salary in front of him. He may have the big-time debt in front of him, and that makes him even a worse consumer. Why? Once they realize that the discretionary income is moving from the young to the old, then advertising is going to follow very dramatically. And television program, as we're already seeing, is going to refocus on the old. Marketers are going to learn that there is a major difference between the young folks and the elderly as customers. They'll also realize that the young folks are, well, they have a chance and they have an opportunity, or I should say they have not even that. They have the propensity to jump around. They like change, but an older person does not like change. And an older person, once you lock them in as a customer, they don't really leave to try someone else's products. They don't change. All of a sudden, their preferences become your asset, not a liability. So let's circle around to the beginning, however. You have been a pampered, spoiled, and I'm talking about from advertising, from theater, from everything that's focused on you for so many years, youngster, and now it's not. And you are blaming who or whom? You're blaming capitalism capitalism and you're pouting and you want your crayons and your blankie and go to sit in the corner so that you can pout but you've got to blame someone or something and therefore you blame capitalism and now what is it you want you want a reversion to the old days you think you're going to get it in socialism you're being told you will by Kamala Harris you're being told you will by Joe Biden you're even being told by that by different Republican senators and congressmen, it knows no bounds politically of this return to where we were. It ain't going to happen. You may sit there and say, what? Are you freaking serious? Yes, I am. Very much so. We are into a new dynamic, and the dynamic is the elderly. But here's the caveat. The elderly are getting older. Yes, thus called the elderly. 
and are dying. And as they move past that time period and go to the big consumer spot in the sky, they're not going to be around. They're not the ones who will be voting. They're not the ones who will be looking at the future of this country. Those who have been dissed, those who think socialism is the end-all, be-all, will then come to the fore as they have been and as they will continue. But we shall see. I believe, ultimately, we will swing one way to the socialism, but ultimately we will swing back. But as you take a look at it, it is purely a function right now of income, of income, of wages. And as I said in my older program, it's all about money. And when you take a look at it, what side of the coin you're on, if you're young or if you're older, you have to be saying, are you freaking serious? Till next time, I'm Bill Tetra.